How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. The Colorado Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup. Raymond Mark, a dream has come true. Beats it ahead, McKinnon racing and shoots and scores! Nathan Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. And Christian, we did our emergency episode the other day when the Avalanche traded for Josh Manson. Uh, I did not expect another trade to come down in the next 24 hours as well, but Joe Sackick does not sleep ever, and he does not care about your feelings at all. Because Tyson Jost is not only traded, but heading to a fate worse than death in Minnesota. Because Joe Sackick, like I said, does not care how he makes anybody feel. Nope. Doesn't care. Um, it's we'll get into it. The hockey, it hockey sense. This makes sense on the personal side. Um, this blows, this blows um, because Tyson Jost was a fan favorite, a locker room favorite, and just seemed like an all around good guy. And we traded him and abs Twitter was very upset with the trade. Very. And that's just all personal because the on the ice stuff has been mediocre at best, um, but off the ice has been elite. So <laughs> it's always tough to move on from those guys, but it's, it's, it's part of the business. I think Joe said it best. It's a business move. Um, and you could see just how much his teammates love. I mean, Landy posted that picture of him on his story about how much he's, he's going to miss him. And uh it's a big time bummer, but I, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, we really, like you said, when you really look at the trade, this just, just makes a ton of sense. Really. I mean, I guess we should talk about the trade a little bit. The avalanche trade Tyson Jost one for one to Minnesota for Nico Sturm. And we're all going to miss Tyson Jost because just to, like you said, an outstanding person, beloved in the locker room. There is not a single person involved in the Avalanche organization that did not absolutely love Tyson Jost. And the guy just works so damn hard in practice and games. It just never really clicked here. Ever since he was drafted, just you kept waiting for that next step. And it never came. And so now that we're loading up for a Stanley Cup run, you get a guy that fits better in your bottom six with Nico Sturm and is also much cheaper. This is a, this is a move that gets a better fit in your roster right now, directly replaces Tyson Jost and saves cap at the same time. It's just checking every single box. Like Joe Sackett just does not miss. This man knows what the hell he's doing. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Um, he, like you say, he does not care about your feelings. He sent him to Minnesota, which is the one place in the NHL that I hated the most for Tyson Jost to go to. 
because I could make a case to cheer for him on pretty much any other team. The Minnesota Wild, I I can cheer for Tyson Jostuo, but ultimately I'm going to cheer for them to lose. So what what do I do? I'm in quite the conundrum. I'm in quite the pickle um, because Tyson Jost was one of my favorite players on the team. Um, but you, you got great value for him and you save so much cap space. Like Joe Sackett, like you said, he just doesn't miss when it comes to trades. Yeah. And especially when you look at what Nico Sturm is and what he's going to bring to this lineup compared to Jost at worst, he's going to just be Jost but for significantly cheaper, a million and a quarter cheaper, which opens up more avenues for more trades before Monday's deadline. And at best, he's much bigger and has similar point production, but just fits better in a bottom six, is way better at face-offs. Tyson Jost is just horrendous at face-offs. Nico Sturm is definitely not. And the more you dig into this trade, the more it just makes sense right now with what we're trying to do, which is win. And you, can, you don't win the Stanley Cup by being friendly. Nope. You don't win it by being friendly. And really, like, if you want to criticize the abs for anything, they can't win a faceoff to save their fucking soul. Like, it's a big hole in this team is winning faceoffs. And I just don't know why you can't improve that. And they did improve it by getting Nico Sturm. I think he's winning what, like 52% of his draws. Yeah. And Tyson Jost, if I'm remembering right, won 39%. Yeah. It, that might even be high. Yeah. You, you can't have that. You just can't. Right. So and like when you have your fourth line out there, your third line out there, you just need them to bring some energy. And if you can't win a single draw and they're just defending the entire time, what's even the point? Yeah. There's no momentum build. So I do think Nico Sturm's going to fit well. I'm sad to see Tyson Jost go. Um, I just, I just can't get over the fact that he got traded to the Wild, man. I just can't get over it. And we were talking a little bit off air, like, wh- what do you do when Tyson Jost? Because the, there's a possibility the Avs play them in the Wild in the first round of the playoffs. Or there's a possibility. Like, there, there's a possibility that we're going to be playing this team in the playoffs in two months, whether it's in the first or the second round. Like, it's like we were saying when does this ever happen where your first game against a guy on your biggest rival comes in the playoffs? Like, what do you do? Do you have a tribute video for him or do you just ignore it? You can't, you can't, we, we talked about, you can't play a tribute for video for Tyson Jones, even though he hundred percent deserves one, you can't play it in the first or second round of the playoffs. No, like, like a sure Avs fans will still cheer, but you're in the heat of the moment. I guy, you take that out and the players got to go from the psyche of like, destroy kill this team to oh hey we got celebrated guy used to be in our team you can't do that you have to save it for a regular season game there's just there's like you can't do that like i just i'm just trying to rack my brain for a, a similar situation to this i i can't think of one like it's like tr- it'd be like if the caps traded berkey to pittsburgh for me like it's i can't even wrap my brain around something like this happening because it's it's minnesota we hate them they're terrible and we'll just deal a fan favor to them. And, oh, by the way, the first time – well, we play Minnesota twice more before the end of the season. So we'll see him before then, but they're both in Minnesota. But the, the first time he's going to be back in Colorado could be in, like, the first or second round of the playoffs. That's, that's brutal. And it's equally as painful if he scores or if we, we beat them in the playoffs. Like, imagine we beat Minnesota en route to the Cup – and after everything Tyson Jost has been through with this team, even being on the, the horrible, horrible 16, 17 abs and being on the come up with them and everyone just hoping that he finally breaks through and finds a spot on the top six with this team. And then when we finally win, he's not here. It, it, he'd have to get a Stanley Cup ring, right? I, we, you can right. give rings to whoever you want, but wouldn't, that be, name, little, wouldn't yeah. that be a little weird? So like yeah. you, get a, you get a cup ring for a team that you beat or you lost to in the playoffs. Yeah, that'd be that'd be quite the. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know if I would want one at that point. I don't know if I'd want one either. Like, man, but be like, oh yeah, remember when we beat you? Haha. Ha, also, here's a ring. Yeah, I mean, the money wise, it'd be yeah, money wise. I mean, you could just sell it. Yeah, it'd be pretty good. But I mean, you you alluded to it a little bit there. Joe did start for this team in the terrible 2016-2017 team. He was given a ton of chances to succeed on this team and it just didn't work out. Like he, 
he just never found his role with this team. Uh, well, I take that back. He did find his role. His role was a third, fourth line penalty killer forward. That was his role. Right. And that, um, that's a role that everyone accepted with great reluctance because it was never yeah. supposed to be that way. This is a guy we drafted 10th overall. Yeah. This was supposed to be a guy with huge upside that it can at least play in your top six. And we just kept waiting, waiting and waiting. We signed that big boy contract, that prove it contract. And not only did he not take a step forward, he kind of regressed. He didn't get yeah. better at all. I mean, a lot of that can be attributed. Well, he played less with Val Nachushkin. Well, okay, Val Nachushkin's playing with Nazem Kadri, who's having a career season, and Andre Burakovsky. And right now, plugging in the top line, it's not, yeah. we can't really be concerned about what Tyson Jost needs right now. Yeah, we can't be concerned with it. And you alluded to it. The Avs added pieces when they were building this team and you got an Ozan Kadri, you got an Andre Burkowski, you got a Valerian Nachushkin, you had Brandon Saad last year. Like this team got better and Tyson Jost just didn't go along with it. He kind of stayed the same and he, he was a good third, fourth line center. I'll give him that, but you draft him 10th overall. It's going to be the best thing for Jost to get out of here and hopefully get an expanded role with Minnesota. Um, but it's just, it, it's a bummer. It didn't work out, but I think this is in the long run. It's going to be best for not only the abs, but it's going to be best for Tyson Joe's career. Yeah. I think I, again, like the Josh Manson deal. I think this is a deal that just works for everybody for the abs. They get a guy that fits way better into what they're trying to do right now, which is win a cup. And they're trying to get a lot more physical, a lot more size to go along with their speed and skill on the top end. They brought in Josh Manson, who we'll talk about, had 10 hits in the game against the Kings in his debut. Now they're bringing in Nico Sturm, who is much more physical than Jost and much more willing to go chase those pucks down in the corner, has very similar defensive impacts to Jost, if not better, and better offensive impacts. And like I'll emphasize again, for much, much cheaper. There's really not a part of this deal that doesn't work for the Avs. And then you look at it from Minnesota's perspective. This one's a little bit of a stretch, but with Minnesota's upcoming cap problems, they need more certainty on what their cap hits are actually going to be for next season when they try to build that team. And Jost at least somewhat provides that. They know he's going to make $2 million next year. Sturm's a UFA after this season, and depends what they'd be willing to extend him for it. And that's why I say this is a stretch because is he going to make $2 million next year? If you extend him? like, I don't think so, but I guess they see an upside in Jost and the fresh start can do him some good. He's shown that he's strong defensively and maybe he can bring some of those skill sets that made him a 10th overall pick and what made the abs think that he would turn into a top six center. I don't know if Minnesota is the right place for him to really wield some of those skills again. It's I, not, it's, it's not. not like if they're, if they're willing to throw him up into the second line with uh, Fiala and Boldy, I mean, maybe, perhaps. but has he shown the playmaking skills where he can get there? Like that's, that's what I mean. Like, I just don't think this is the, I don't think Minnesota is the right fit for him, but it at least gives him the opportunity to have a fresh start. But I mean, it's like the the game that they just finished against Boston that they won. He was playing on the fourth line yeah. with uh, Brandon Duhami and uh, totally forgot the other dude's name. Another guy. Yeah, another guy doesn't matter. It's Minnesota. Don't care. Probably hate him anyway. But I don't know. I mean, this just it works a ton for us for Minnesota. It costs more against the cap, but maybe they're trying to work in some upside there. With Jost, I suppose, and if you're going to throw him on the second line with Boldy and Fiala, I can tell you this team's not a very serious cup contender. No, they aren't. And, I mean, maybe Jost has the uh, – they're probably thinking they can strike gold like they did with Fiala, but I but think Fiala, Fiala had – Fiala was a well-established, like, yeah. prospect or at least a young player for Nashville and – has shown extraordinary flashes of brilliance. Tyson hasn't defensively. He's been great, but offensively it's been barren. Yeah. Offensively it's been barren. And you, like you say, he's having a down year this year. He regressed a little bit. Um, it, it's just a bummer. Cause I remember when he was coming out in the draft, I remember the player comparison for him was Jonathan Taves. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. I remember it was and, Taves and Bergeron. He was advertised yeah. as like a, a, a Bergeron light. 
Yeah. And, and I mean, play, just, player comparables are always a little ridiculous, but yeah. it's hard not to get at least a little excited for that. Yeah. Hard not to get a little excited. And he just didn't work out. It's all good. I wish Joe nothing but the best. Joe Sackett, once again, just makes the smart trade. Um, Nico Sturm's expected to join the team for the game Friday in San Jose. And it's just, it's just a bummer, but I I've kind of moved on. I, I took the emotions out of it and just saw the, pure like how much this helps the hockey team right now and it's an easy win easy win so yeah, i mean my my initial reaction to the trade was like what why we're giving jost away for free who is miko Stur- isn't he scratched for minnesota like i don't as big as a hockey fan as i am i don't look up nico sturm's isolated impacts in my spare time so i didn't really know them off the top of my head but once they started to come out and you could really see you know what this guy does it's like Oh, this is why I don't run an NHL team. Yeah. And it's it's what makes doing this podcast tough sometimes because you're not just talking about like any general manager. You're talking about Joe Sackick. It's it's like I said earlier, this is a move where you're getting at least a lateral upgrade, maybe just a little bit of an upgrade in your bottom six. You're replacing Tyson Jost in that same deal where we like we talked for weeks about like, Oh, if they add this guy and do this, they're going to have to, to dump a guy, you know, and attach maybe like a draft pick for them or attach Comfort or Jost in a Drew trade. They save money here by trading Jost and get arguably, I don't even think it's arguably just get a better player in return for him. I, I just, I don't know how he does it. How he I don't even, know how he how even thinks of this stuff. Like I would never think in a million years, like, ah, Tyson Jost for Nico Sturm. That's what's going to fix this team and also open up cap room at the same time and also add more physicality to our bottom six and also just fix maybe our, our face-off percentage as well. It's so it's yes. frustrating covering this team sometimes. He's too goddamn good at this. Yeah, he's too goddamn good. And we can kind of transition to a little bit um, a little bit more. The, the final thing I want to say about Jost is he looks terrible in that wild jersey. He just looks... Oh so uncomfortable in it and i hate it um but once again good trade i just hate the way he looks in those colors i mean it's but, just repulsive looking at yeah, the wild bad. jersey like they kept cutting him on the bench in the bruins wild game and it just makes me want to wretch every single time like it had to be the wild there's not a nico sturm anywhere else yeah it was bad it's really bad but i did want to transition too because we had been talking for what seems like weeks now about how there's been no trades in the NHL. Um, Joe Sackick decided, all right, I'm going to get the party started and made these two moves. And now the floodgates have opened in the trade talks. I think Monday could be slow just because all the trades are going to be made before Monday. Yeah, it's quite I, possible. I totally agree. And it's, it's another thing I love about Joe Sackick. He does not wait for the market to get set for him. He sets it himself because I'm sure like you're about to bring up, the Ben Sherratt trade has happened. You know, all the rumors like, what's Ben Sherratt going to get in return? It is massive. That's also context with, we got Josh Manson from Anaheim, a better defenseman than Ben Sherratt for a decent prospect in Drew Hellison and a second round pick for next year. And 50% retained salary. And 50% retained salary. The Florida Panthers get Ben Sherratt from the Montreal Canadiens for next year's first. Uh, what Jacob Pelletier, I think was the guy some prospect you got yeah, it some prospect that montreal liked and a fourth round pick in this year's draft and they florida's taking all the salary too i think they're retaining 50 oh they are yeah I don't, I don't think i don't think florida can take all the salary that's true but i mean that's the thing man like ben Sherrod is a good defenseman but josh mm-hmm. manston beats him in almost every single category and, and we pay him less for way cheaper. Yeah. And is just a way better fit for this Avs team than Ben Sherratt is. It's what I was saying. Joe Sackick does not wait for other people to set the market. He start he opens the floodgates with two trades in two days, gets the defenseman that we need, saves more cap in another move that upgrades your bottom six while the Panthers just throw a ton of assets at Ben Sherratt. Like good he's not that good no he's he's solid but i like i said i thought josh manson was the best defenseman on the trading block and the avs got him for less than what the panthers paid for um Sherratt. and i think the panthers probably did that move a little bit out of panic i'm sure they were in on josh manson they're probably in on chikrin that's almost what i expect the return on chikrin to be as a first round pick a prospect and another pick 
Like, can I mean, you imagine the, what they're the, going to get for him now? Well, I don't think they're trading him anymore because he's out two to four weeks. But yeah, but I mean, the the return for Chikrin was rumored to be what they wanted was a first, a young player, and a prospect like a like a Brent Burns return from when Minnesota traded him to San Jose. I mean, that's fair. I think Jacob Chikrin's a good defenseman, and like Florida didn't pay off much more. Like, like could you have argued that maybe like this prospect? Owen Tippett in a first round pick maybe gets it done for Chikrin. Probably would. Probably would. Like, I, I get he's out two to four weeks, but you're Florida. You're not really a playoff push. If you can absorb those two to four weeks, I would have done that in a heartbeat. But you get Ben Sherratt, and he's a free agent after this year. You could have had Chikrin for four more years, I think is what his contract is. I think it's three. But yeah, also, I want to correct myself. The prospect trade is Ty Smilenic, not uh, Politier. Politier was the first round pick for Calgary that I was thinking of. Oh, okay. But yeah. Uh, Smilanic <laughs> is a former third round pick in 2020, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> okay. that, that is a massive pack. And also uh, worth noting that is next year's first for Florida, completely unprotected, no lottery protections. If Florida falls off the map next season, Bobrovsky goes back to being a sub 900 Barkov and Huberto get hurt. And all of a sudden, the Panthers aren't in the playoff conversation. Montreal gets all of that. No questions asked. Montreal's got 13 draft picks next year or this year's draft. Like their rebuild could be quite quick if they nail all their picks. Yeah. And they've got a new management group in there. So it probably will be. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it just shows again to get back to the abs. Joe Sackick is a genius. I don't know why people take his calls because he just seems to win every trade. Right. And you, you got to stop calling this guy at some point. Like you have to. And we were talking a little bit off air, like the worst trade you could argue for Sackick in the past two or three years is Darcy Kemper. Maybe he got a bad deal on that one, but the way Kemper's playing a first and a prospect isn't too bad. Yeah. Like, and even, like, even at the time I thought the reaction to like, Oh wow. The abs got fleeced was very dramatic because <laughs> Ideally, you're looking at that pick being 28th or lower, ideally 32nd. And Connor Timmons, who was never going to fit in this lineup, has upside. But as we've seen this season, unavailable, hurt again. So, I mean, and look at what you got in return. You got the best goalie available that was still on the market when you had teams like Edmonton and others that were in on him when, let's face it, you were in a panic with Grubauer leaving because you expected Grubauer to stay because every team that needed a goalie had one at that point. And Seattle, for some reason, decided that, no, we need Grubauer and we don't need Vanacek and threw the exact contract Grubauer wanted at him and left us without a chair as the music was winding down. Even at the time, I thought that was a bit dramatic and it's only aged better and better because now you have Darcy Kemper, which as we've seen over the last week, it's a very good thing, you know, yeah. stopping 105 shots out of 106 in his last three games, shutting out Calgary and didn't quite mean to transition this to the Kings game, but a shutout against the Kings again, three, nothing over LA. And still people talk about Marc-Andre Fleury. I'm not going to get into that rant now, but I had to say it. Yeah, but yeah, we're still talking about, but like, that's the thing, man. Like, Joe Sackick just wins trades, man. He just does. Like they're they're always smart. They're well calculated. He never gets burned on him. It seems like, and he's just so good, man. And it just it it brings me hope that the Claude Giroux things may pick up here. Like we're gonna really see Claude Giroux watch kick off after tomorrow when he plays his thousandth game. And as you just mentioned with Florida. They gave up their first for next year. That was our considered to be our main competition for him. Um, yeah, and as as recently as yesterday, they were considered the front runners. Florida was, yeah. and now they don't have their first. They have less cap space. Unless there's some stealth team in here, I like, think St. Louis may be that stealth team. Like St. Louis has got to be doing something. St. Yeah. Louis has to be up to something. But right now, we're the mainstay of all the talks unless St. Louis or the Rangers or the Bruins are sneakily in this. And also it's very important that Claude Giroux decides where he's going. Yep. Like he would have to actually choose St. Louis over Colorado, which 
I don't know why you would. And it's possible. It's possible, but it doesn't make any sense. And to pick a team in the East right now, it doesn't seem like Carolina's in on him or Tampa. And now Florida, unless they pony up Owen Tippett and like Lindell, I don't see how they're in on this without the first, but I guess it's still possible. The the Flyers will not trade the player to the Rangers, no matter what. But that's what I and that's what I mean. Like all signs point to Colorado. Like, not to count chickens before they hatch, but, geez, I mean, how many signs do we need that this is going to happen? That we just cleared more cap space in the Tyson Jost yeah. trade. What are you doing that for? You Something haven't even cooking here. And they haven't even moved Landeskog to LTIR. Yeah. They haven't. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, it's really going to pick up tomorrow. Like I said, Monday could be dead. Monday could be a very boring news It, it day very much usually is kind of dead. Yeah. But it's really picked up. I think the Avs are going to be in on Giroux till the very end. Um, I don't think Florida's going to get him now after that Chirac trade. I think they panicked when Manson went off the board and they're like, we need to get a defenseman. We need to get a defenseman. And they they overpaid for him. I mean, that's just cutting it as I see it. That, that's a big overpay. Yeah, and, and I think it's I think you're right. I think it's also a reaction to the Avs getting Josh Manson. I think Florida's looking at that like, If we match up with this team in the Stanley Cup final, we don't have the capacity to compete with them. Who else can we get here? Uh, Ben Sherratt, what do they want? Okay, uh, first prospect and a fourth. Okay, fine. Uh, We just need him before someone else gets him. It's a panic move. That's that's why Joe Sackick's so good at his job. He sets the market. He puts the pressure on other people, and he does whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, he does whatever he wants. And now the best defenseman on the board is P.K. Subban? Like... Uh, Hampus Lindholm, he's on the market. Hampus Lindholm could be moved, but I, I like St. Louis needed a defenseman. They need a defenseman, and now they're going to get well, I, it's Giordano. Now that we're saying about yeah, Giordano, but I don't think he moves the needle for St. Louis. I th- Giordano's pretty good, but uh, am I crazy to think Giordano's going to Toronto? That'd be hilarious. I I, I thought he may go back to Calgary, but after they traded for Jan Crow, I don't think he's going yeah, there. Important to mention, Calgary did trade for Cal Yarn Crow. We had not mentioned that yet. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsors at DraftKings Sportsbook. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. So my advice, bet on the avalanche every single night. Seems to work most of the time. And if DraftKings Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings daily fantasy hockey contests, just like me. Just about every single day, you can play for as little as a dime or for just about as much as you want. Set a lineup under the salary cap and just give it a run. What's the worst that can happen? DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposits. What are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. I don't know, man. Like the, the abs got better. I'd say the flames got significantly better with the Toffoli and now yarn crow. And with Manson, I think this abs team, like if they can get Claude Giroux there, this team is fucking like, loaded. Dude. Getting Claude Giroux is gratuitous and good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like that, this team would have no excuses. And it's like, we've talked about on the show. This is the year to do it. The West is down and the it West. won't be down next year. Vegas, as Vegas. funny as it's been, that they have sucked so much this year, they are not going to have as bad of injury luck as they've had this year. Maybe they do. I mean, the players are getting a little bit older, but they are not going to be this bad again. So you have to jump at it. And I, I think Sakic realized that, and he's doing it. He's yeah, doing it. Man. Like, it. There's no excuse to not go all in. You, you throw everything you have at this. If you think Claude Giroux can help you win a cup, you go out and get him. It's that simple. And if it doesn't work with Claude Giroux, you go out and get someone else. Like we've, we can only discuss this so many ways. This is the year to win. 
The West it is. sucks. There is one other team that can even challenge you, and it's Calgary. Yeah. And they and they just went out and got better by getting Cali Yarncroak, who was a guy that I personally thought would have fit well on the Abs into their on their third line. And yeah, you know, it's gonna it's now gonna be that much harder to beat them. You know, in even with adding Nico Stern to the lineup, it's a bit of a lateral move. I think you still need a another guy in there as well. And I think they're going to do it. And yeah, with, I think they are. They're setting up for it. Yeah. And if you if Claude trade Giroux, any of your big guns. Yeah. And if Claude Giroux wants to get traded, just looking at the circumstances around the league right now, again, unless there's some stealth team in there, I just don't see how he doesn't end up here. And, and even yeah. if he does, I'm not going to be heartbroken if he doesn't come here because this team is pretty freaking damn good already. And if they add another guy to the third line, that's good enough for me. But I just don't see how it, especially now with Florida kind of out of the picture, maybe not entirely, but mostly, I just don't, I don't see another way for Philly to do this. I'm not even just saying this because as a confidence thing, I don't see how Philly doesn't give him to us because where else is he going to want to go? I don't know. I think St. Louis, I don't know if Minnesota is going to go for him. I mean, Minnesota's got bigger problems than Claude Giroux. They need a, yeah, they, they need a goalie. They need a goalie bat. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's all signs are pointing to Claude Drew coming to the abs, which would be this team top six would be scary. Um, it already is. It already is. And you're going to bump down a guy like Larry Nachushkin possibly to the third line. Like you talk about, we need third line punch. Uh, Larry Nachushkin is going to give it to him. But I mean, and if we're looking at it too, like Los Angeles is second in the Pacific. We beat them easily last night. We didn't even play our best game. Like offensively, we weren't good. Yeah, it was a very. I'm sure you guys have noticed that we have not talked about this game at all outside like a passing mention. That's kind of on purpose, just because of how unimportant it is in in comparison to the Joe's trade and the trade deadline. We'll we'll talk about it later, but there's just not a ton to say about it at the moment. It's it's like I said last episode. I'm just not all that impressed by the Kings. I think they're not. I think they're not done cooking yet before they can really start to compete. And they, they might just accidentally win a playoff round because of how fucking bad the Pacific is. Yeah, and they may, like, and that's the thing. Like, that's a team that's going to have probably have home ice in the first round Hilarious. in the West right now. And Calgary, you're not seeing until the Western Conference Final. Minnesota, I know. Get there. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's my thing. Like, that's the earliest you'd see them. And Minnesota, I know they just beat Boston, but they are struggling right now. And St. Louis, they're okay recently. They win a game, they lose a game. That's what it seems like recently. They win two, they lose one. They lose two, they win one. That's what it's been like for them almost, it seems like, the entire season. And I just don't see a ton of threats here. Anything can happen in the playoffs, but realistically, none of these teams should be able to give you that much of a challenge. We, we, we talked about it all year. A team has to beat the abs four times out of seven. Right. I don't see a team right now in the West that can do that. I right. just and, don't. and what are you going to do in order to do that? I, it's the, I know we made fun of my tweet the other day where I said, John Manson, but like, what's your plan in a playoff series? You're going to play physical. Okay. Well, here's Gabe Landeskog. Here's Nathan McKinnon. Here's Josh Manson. And here's Eric Johnson. And here's Nazem Kadri. And if we decide to throw him out there for shits and giggles, Curtis McDermott. Okay. Well, it seems like physical is not really going to work. Okay. Are you going to uh, outskate us? Unlikely. Uh, are you going to beat us in a goalie duel? Uh, Darcy Kemper has been very, very good. Who, who in the West has a better goalie Calgary, like Markstrom, I guess. Calgary for sure. Calgary. I, I, uh, I give Markstrom. Not Minnesota, not St. Louis. Billy Huso's been good, but Billy Huso's been good, but is it going to stay that way in the playoffs? And is it sustainable? You can't tell me that for sure. Dallas Ottinger's been <laughs> up at he's been Ottinger, bad Ottinger's young. You don't yeah, know. He's been bad lately. He's been yeah, bad. And I'm I'm really racking my brain. Not Jonathan Quick. Obviously not Miko Koskinen. Uh Soros. Yeah. Soros. I give Soros the nod over Darcy right now. But it's just like you have to be so much better than Darcy Kemper for that yeah. to even make a difference. Yeah. And I don't think people are keep saying Darcy Kemper is going to fall back down to earth. If falling back down to earth is 925, that's more than enough for this team to win. I'd say Darcy Kemper is very much at earth right now. 
I'd say the beginning of the season was the anomaly when he was still getting into the system. Like it's he has 10 good games and one bad game every now and again. And people only seem to think of the one bad game. Like I'm so tired of hearing about Marc-Andre Fleury. And I know I've said it a million times, but I swear to God, if I see another person say they need Marc-Andre Fleury, Kemper's not going to take them to the cup. I'm going to have a goddamn aneurysm because it doesn't make <laughs> any sense. No, Marc-Andre, like the revisionist history on Marc-Andre Fleury is mind-blowing because he's not a playoff performer. His career has shown that that's not the case. He Every once in a while he is. But are we forgetting what Flurry was like before he came to Vegas? He won the Stanley Cup good. in 09. Okay. He won the Stanley Cup in 09. Do you want to know what his save percentage was when they won the cup? Do you want to just take a guess? 90. 908. So when they won great. the Stanley Cup. He was sub 910 when they won. He was better the year before when they lost. He was a 933. And then the next four seasons, 891, 899, 834. 883. And then they got to the second round. He was a 915. Then in five games when they lost to the Rangers, he was a 927. And then when he got replaced by Matt Murray in the playoffs the next year, and then he played two rounds before getting replaced by Murray again, then gets exposed for free in an expansion draft because Pittsburgh wanted to keep another goalie over him. Then he has a great bounce back season. You know, he helps lead Vegas to the final. Can't take that away from him. Next three years in the playoffs blows a 3-1 lead, doesn't even play in the bubble for Vegas, and gets replaced against Montreal because he let in the worst game-tying goal of all time. This is the guy that's going to carry us to a Stanley Cup final? Stop it. I, it, I don't understand where this revision came from, that Marc-Andre Fleury is just this playoff god. He's not. I know he beat us last year, and he played okay against Minnesota, but are we trading from our country flurry for one good series in the playoffs? You want four. He hasn't yeah. done that since 2009. Right. Yeah. And in the Vegas, when they went to the final against Washington, he was bad in that series. He's been bad this year. Or not bad. He's been average this year. He's been worse like, than Darcy Kemper significantly. Yeah. He's, he's been bad. So Darcy Kemper is going to lead this team and he's been fantastic. Everything you could ask for uh, these past – I mean, he had that one bad Calgary game, and that's about it. That's about it. Like, and I'm it, trying to remember. And it happens. Yeah. Like, it, he won't do it. I mean, if you look at the competition, he's – the past three games he has played are against solidified playoff teams, and he has been rock solid in all of them. And, like, I know people were saying he gets, like – at the beginning of the year, he gets over uh, – like – over jazz and over hype for games. I have not seen that once. He doesn't really seem to get the jitters too much. No, uh, he adjusted to the system. And like you said, he just played Carolina, Calgary, and Los Angeles, but they're a playoff team, faced 106 shots and stopped 105 of them and has not given up a goal in 120 minutes. Although the abs broadcast last night did try to jinx him. They, they tried. They really did try. And they, there was a goal taken back for offside, but it was very offside. Yeah. We'll take it. It was one of the few times in offside. I wish we could have had that in like a bigger game. Yeah. Like, I feel like we only get a couple of those a year for an Avs fan. And um, we'll go. On. I guess we'll, let's just dive into the game because there's not much to fucking talk about. Um, Avs beat the Kings 3 nothing. It was a late night game and it was a snooze. Like, I slept great last night because that game put me to sleep. And it's not because the Avs played bad. I thought it was their best defensive game in weeks. I mean, Carolina wasn't bad. They still give up a lot of shots in that game. But this game was just chef's kiss defensive effort from the Avs. I mean, I think they held the Kings to 22 shots. And the Kings are notorious for just firing pucks at the net. And the Avs just shut them down. Like, I, other than, like, that one goal that was waved off, I don't remember a dangerous chance for the Kings. Yeah, I just they, didn't, they didn't have one. They had 23 shots in the game. And this they never had anything to really throw at us at all. The main thing I took away from this game was Josh Manson and his debut, where he lays 10 hits compared to the Kings 17 as an entire team. This guy yeah, is good. going to fit just fine here. Yeah. When he plays with Samuel Gerard, it's going to be what we want. Like, remember what Eric Johnson and Samuel Gerard were like when they first started together? Yeah, they were like, great. They were the ideal second pair on the team. Yeah. That's what Josh Manson and 
Sam and Gerard are going to be. And it could be Josh Manson and Bo Byram if everything works out well. Um, but you're talking Sam Gerard, your third pair defenseman, man. Like, what, what are we talking about here? Or Bo Byram's your third pair defenseman. What are, you, what are we talking about here? That's yeah, and then unreal you, and then you defensive. Have four, you have four other defensemen that you can throw in there as well. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Ryan Murray has been significantly better these past 10 games. Eric Johnson, I know we gave him some shit. For which game was it that was so bad from him? There was, there there a, was, a, there was a stretch. Yeah, was he was so bad, but he is, he's been fantastic lately. Jack Johnson has been great. Well, not great. He's been solid all he's year. Been consistent. He's been consistent, which for the abs defense until they got Josh Manson was saying a lot. And you got Curtis McDermott if you want to throw him in there, but that you're talking he's your eighth defenseman now. Right. Uh, granted, this is all and, hinging on if O Byron comes back. And with Curtis McDermott, like I know you don't want to hear this, but with Josh Manson in the lineup, kind of makes him redundant. You don't yeah. really, you have, do you want Josh Manson playing 18, 20 minutes a night? Or do you want Curtis McDermott playing five? I mean, we got to talk about the fact that Curtis McDermott at the end of that game was playing on the top line with McKinnon and it. Yeah. Like, and McKinnon, was, McKinnon got off the ice as fast as he could. Like that was the coolest thing I've seen all year. And that was the highlight of the game for me was Curtis McDermott playing on the top line. And he, got he, a almost, had, he almost had a tip in. He almost well, did. Man. He drove the net and he almost had it. He almost had it, and he took two penalties. We got the full Curtis McDermott experience last night. Um, he he was – I can't believe they put him on the top line. That was so awesome. That's just um, that's just Bednar laughing at the Kings. Just yeah. like, what are, like, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> we, we'll, put, we'll put Curtis McDermott, like our worst player, on our top line with McKinnon and Rantanen just because we can. Just because we can. Just and, like, what, like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, make us, make it, us it was, stop doing it. Yeah. I loved it. It was the coolest thing that I've seen all year. Um, <laughs> I just, it was so funny. It's just like you have two of the top 10 players in the world playing with Curtis McDermott. <laughs> you could tell McKinnon was just like, okay, dude, really? Like, I get it. So it. We're funny. good, but don't stop. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I mean, it was that game, like, the Avs have beaten the Kings now eight straight times. Like, we, we the Kings are going to be good in a couple of years. The granted, they they are. I did re- not realize how beat up they were. Like their entire defense is just out. Um, yeah, and I think they played like Calgary did when we played them. They played like a ton of games lately. Yeah, like it, I'm not taking. I'm not saying LA's a bad team, but it was <laughs> it, it was comical how much better the Avs were than them. Um, so it, it was a good game. The power play was the difference in the game. Avs go two for two. Kings go zero for four. I think is what they went on the power play. Yep. So that's the difference in the game. The power play is back. I mean, Valeri Nachushkin gets his career-high 15th goal. Um, JT Comfer scored one for Tyson Jost. And and then in the third, oh, Berkey set up Miko on a beautiful, beautiful pass. Such um, a beautiful passing play. You can't yeah. do it any better. Can't do it any better. And it was 3-0. The Avs could have won with one. Like, it was just Darcy Kemper's been on his game so much. Um and th- that's the game. Like, I'd love to say there's more highlights, but for me, the highlight was Curtis McDermott playing on the top line. Yeah, like there's, the there's really just not a ton to say about this game. The Avs are the better team. The Kings are not, and they were tired and also hurt. And Darcy Kemper is playing with so much confidence right now that I don't know how you have any concerns going into the playoffs. Josh Manson, I don't think, could have had a better debut. The only way he could have been better is if he scored. I mean, he did. He was kind of out of spot on the goal that got off got overturned but he caused the whole thing to be offside to begin with by forcing yeah by (laughs) forcing that cross check from trevor moore so it was fine he negated anyway yeah again he was he's only gonna get better 10 hits in the game and i can't remember the last time the abs out hit a team we out hit hit them 39 yeah that's what i'm saying i can't remember the last time we dominated a hit battle and it's only gonna get better with nico sturm on that line so um it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to the game in San Jose because San Jose is playing better, but you still right. should beat them. Yeah, San Jose just, is better, quote unquote. Well, they're yeah. This is well, this is what the Sharks are going to be for the next ten years. Apparently, yeah. they they signed uh, Hurdle to an eight times eight contract. Signed him for more than Landeskog got. I just and Landeskog I, has more goals on a bum knee. The the Sharks really are just to slowly pivot to the Sharks being delusional. They are delusional. 
their assistant general manager yeah. came out and said after that, there's a commitment to winning now here. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> the Sharks have not been good since 2019. They've like, you've been one of the worst teams in the NHL since 2019. They've bottomed out already and refused to do anything about it. And then they went out and signed James Reimer and Nick Benino and be like, okay, now we're going to go do this. And we're going to run back the same core year over year over year and refuse to ever rebuild. They're just, they're never going to. You, their cap situation now is so unbelievably fucked. It's bad. They're, they're, they're in trouble. Um, I just, I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, they're going to be the most mediocre team in, in the NHL. For the they're going to be the new wild, except yeah. worse. Cause at least the wild made the playoffs. Yeah. The, the sharks are still five points out of the playoff spot as we speak right now after signing. Well, they're going to be that way for probably the next 10 years. Like this like, like Hurdle, this is... Hurdle was the last like valuable guy they have coming up that's expiring even next year. They have Couture signed until 2027, and now Hurdle signed until 2030. After this, which crazy. hurts I... hurts me to think about Eric Carlson till 2027, still 2026 on Edward Vlasic, and 2025 on Brent Burns. They, they are a ungodly mixture of the old Red Wings and the Wild. At least the Wild, like you said, the Wild made the playoffs. So the Wild made the like, playoffs, and at least the Red Wings kind of acknowledged they were bad. Yeah. Like, eventually, like, you're going to have to buy out Edward Vlasic. He's terrible. Like, he's just old. He's not terrible. He's just old. Um, I mean, Brett Burns is good. He's still but good. But he's old. Eric Carlson is a walking injury at this point in his career. Like he's probably going to retire soon. Like he just, yeah. like how much punishment can a human body take? Yeah. So uh, the sharks are just an interesting case study of what not to do when building a team. Um, but to get back to that game, I, I think Frankie probably gets the start. I would assume Frankie probably starts tomorrow. I would assume so. you don't, you don't want to ride Kemper too hard. Yeah. Coming up, especially like, in, again, it's the sharks who cares. Yeah. You play Frankie in this one, give Darcy like, three or four days off before the next game. Cause when we it's, play a, for that. it's a good six days off. Cause you play the shark. You have two games off before you play the sharks, then another two days off before you play the Oilers. Yeah. So you're giving Darcy a pretty good rest before the, the, the 21st against the Oilers, which is, which is deadline day. And I think that's great. Like we saw last year with the abs rode Grubauer and he was great all regular season, but he died in the yeah, second he, round. He just died midway through the Vegas yeah. series and just he wasn't was able to recover. And I think Bednar, he has actually has a backup goalie. I don't blame Bednar for anything that happened last year. If you threw any of the backup goalies out last year, it was not a Mac loss. And yeah. you were still vying for Vegas to win the division because it meant home ice. Like, it meant something. This year, you're chilling. Yeah, like, you're fine. You're, like, you're chilling. We, I mean, we you were, can afford – and Frankie's not a liability going out there. No, Frankie's been great. He, I think he's still, like, towards the top of the league in save percentage. Yeah. And it's, it's like we were saying a little earlier. I mean – we don't even need to look at the standings anymore with this team. It literally does not matter. It's like Bednar said, he hasn't looked at the standings all year. Like there's just no need to it. It only matters when you're looking at the president's trophy. And again, who really cares? Like right now we're three points up on Florida and four points up on Carolina. Florida has a game in hand. Carolina has two. You look at the West, especially now that we beat Calgary. I mean, we're up 12 points on them. They have, they have two games in hand. Okay. Whatever it would take a collapse for them to catch us. And St. Louis were 15 points ahead. Yeah. And They're, here's the thing, man, the abs struggled in these past 10 games. They still went six and four, like that's yeah. struggling for the abs. Yeah. Well, there was a point in time where we lost four or five and there yeah. was no ground made up by anybody. This, the <laughs> race is over where we have the number one seed in the West. Like how long until we clinch a playoff spot? It's got to be in the next couple of weeks. I, re I actually really want to know like what the magic number is to clinch a playoff spot here. Because you're talking right now, we are 23 points up on Vegas. We, we have 91 points right now. Yeah. Like, like that's the playoff line usually is like 93. Yeah. And in the West, it's probably going to be around that. Like 95 in they no matter what conference is, you're in the playoffs. Yeah. So <laughs> if we, I'm looking at this right now, if we don't win a single game for the rest of the season, we have a 50% chance to make the playoffs. That's pretty funny. If we win one game, it goes down to 19. If we get four 
of our next 42 points, there is a 4% chance that we miss the playoffs. That's pretty wild, dude. <laughs> that's hysterical. That's pretty funny. So it's we're not going to happen. But... It's not, it, that's the thing. It's not going to happen, but we yeah. can do it if we want. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just looking on the NHL app. I wanted to see Frankie's stats. Uh, Darcy has passed him. His goals against is down to 241. His save percentage is up to 923. Frankie's at a modest 920. Like, that's a really solid tandem. Like, is there a better tandem right now? You could argue Markstrom and Vladar. Definitely. That's one of them. Markstrom's been great. He has a lot of shutouts this season. Vladar is serviceable. He's a serviceable backup. In his role. Um, I, I, am, I actually mean this. Like, who is has a better tandem? Not Minnesota. Definitely not. St. Louis, maybe number one. I know Bennington. Carolina. Carolina. Carolina, for sure. Yep, yeah. Carolina. Um, not Toronto. Not Edmonton. Vancouver with Demko is good, but Halak's been terrible. Like, yeah, I agree. It's tough. That's, that's what I mean. Like, I'm not talking who has a better goalie. I'm talking better tandem. Yeah. Carolina and maybe Calgary. Yeah, maybe. But, like, that's a solid part. And then you go to the skaters because there's nothing – we're running out of stuff to talk on this episode – because there wasn't a lot outside of this game. Uh, Devon Taves is still plus 46. Like that's ludicrous. Like that's crazy to me. And Oh, if you look at it, uh, Miko Ranton, even though he had a short little dry spell, only two points back at the team leading points and uh, one goal back from the leading goals. Like, <laughs> and it, it's, it's crazy. And, he, and, he, and you know, he's probably going to take that by the end of the season, considering yeah. Gabe can't defend it, but. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. And Kale McCarr, oh, he's our third leading scorer from defense with 66 points. Yeah, and he's one point behind or three points behind Roman Yossi for most points by a defense. Like the, the Norris is locked up. It's over. Like the, it's, the only question with McCarr is how far up the heart ballast does he get? Yeah, it's so funny, dude. Uh, this team is just so good. <laughs> Nazem Kadri's still leading our team in points, and it seems like he's had a quiet couple games. Yeah, and it's March. <laughs> it's so funny, dude. Like, let's see. I got to see where McKinnon's at. Oh, McKinnon's uh, three points back. McCarr with 63. Oh, oh wait. Gabe Landeskog, if he doesn't get hurt, he gets to 60 points. Berkey still has an outside shot at 60 points. Devon Taves has a shot at 60. Like, we're talking yeah, now, you know, six players. Val Nachushkin needs five goals to hit 20. <laughs> this team is so good, dude. So good. Oh, it's so funny. And the best part is, too, uh, we'll close on this because we're, we're just rambling now. Alex Newhook is unreal. Like, I, I, he's going to be a top six forward. The plays he's creating with Logan O'Connor and JT Comfort, nothing against them. Nothing against them. They're still adequate players. Alex Newhook is a class above those two. And that's why I'd say you got to upgrade that bottom six because imagine Alex Newhook with a better line. We've seen it when you put him in the top six. He's unbelievable. But to say you stick Andrew Kopp next to him, it's going to get even better. Logan O'Connor doesn't score. And yeah, Comp- if you put Valerian Nachushkin next to him. Yeah, you put Val Nachushkin next to him. And, like, you have a third line of Nachushkin, Newhook, and Comfort. Like, they're just teams don't have that kind of third line. No, and give, I, we give JT Comfort some shit, but he still is. Like, he scored last night. I mean, he, he, he can deflect pucks pretty well. He's been better as of late. But you put Val Nachushkin on there, man. This That, that third line is gross. It's gross. Alex Newhook, he has 23 points. He's going to start scoring again. He's come close. Like he's at the post a couple times. He's going to start piling up some goals. I still think there's a shot he can get to 20. The way he's been playing, especially if like we get down to it and we maybe rest some players and he gets like top line minutes, like he could get to 20, man. He could. And the the thing about Newhook is that it really doesn't matter if he's scoring or not because he's adjusted so well to the NHL that his impact isn't just, Oh, he's good for the occasional snipe. He works hard. He finds, he always finds himself in the right. Like when was the last time you're like, Oh man, Alex Newhook caught out of position on defense. I've never seen that. Yeah, just, it hasn't happened, man. He's, yeah, been rock he's, solid. Just, he's just smart and he knows what his role is. He knows what to do. He's not overly flashy and he's only just going to get better and better. Like I'm not, I'm not worried about him in the playoffs. Like we talked about like, Oh, Calgary, targeted him a little bit when we played them last he can take it he's not worried about any of that that doesn't stop him from getting to where he needs to be yeah he got up every time he got hit i think was he was going up against lucic's line with yeah he was was going up against like lucic and good branson yeah like he was getting his ass kicked but he still just kept on fighting through man like 
he's going to be a very good hockey player for the Avs. I don't know what the future is going to be after his ELC. That's a way future us problem because I, the Avs are getting so good now where they may have to like do what the caps kind of do and trade away good young players. Cause they can't afford to pay him. Um, that could happen, but I still just, I'm going to enjoy these three years of Alex Newhook. That's yeah, what you, you got the rest of this season and next season before we even have to worry about paying yeah. him. And that's a future us problem. Maybe. Yeah. Future us problem. But you look at this team right now, it's now or never. Yep. Now or never. Cause you got a guy like Alex Newhook who, Oh my God, you tweeted about last night. Like how lucky are we just to watch like the growth of a player? Like that's, what's cool. It's like, we've seen him go from like, he was at his low at the beginning of this year. And the it's hard to believe it's the same player. Yeah. It's unbelievable. This is a guy that we called up at the end of last season, scored his first goal in the playoffs and then just needed a little bit of time in the AHL to get his confidence back. And that that's all it took just a little bit of confidence for this guy to become a full-time NHL regular and a guy that you can plug into your top six. Yeah. I almost kind of forgot he played in the playoffs last year for us. Yeah. Right. I almost kind of forgot about that. Yeah. The, just the, the playoffs last year were so weird. And that's why I'm looking forward to them so much this year, just yeah. to get back to a normal playoff. Yeah, me too. But I, I think that does it for this show. I mean, yeah. we'll probably, if, there is a Giroud trade. We will be back for an emergency episode. Um, or even if it's even if it's anybody else, we'll be back for that. Yeah. So we, we would we would have done one for Joe's, but it's just we had already point. done one earlier this week. If it was yeah. a bigger return, maybe. But at some point, like okay, we're talking four straight days of days recording. Of recording. And which you know. we aren't paid, profe- we are profe- like paid, I guess, to do this, but we aren't professionals in any way. <laughs> so yeah, we like both have, some, we both have lives like, outside of here. At some point, it's um, like, okay, well, we're, we're recording tomorrow. Yeah. So we like, can talk about it then. But for, yeah, for Claude Giroux, or like, is it just me or does Claude Giroux feel too simple? Like, it with, with it might, I might just be completely overthinking it, but with Joe Sackick, like, so maybe it is Claude Giroux because that's just the perfect fit, but it's Joe Sackick. I'm sure he's got something up his sleeve. Like if Claude Giroux doesn't work out, I'm sure he's got something else up his he's sleeve. He's got something up his sleeve. I wouldn't be shocked. Like, wouldn't it be hilarious if it's JT Miller? That'd be hilarious. I'd be very curious to see how he gets that deal yeah. done, but I've, I know better than to doubt him. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about it. Um, Super exciting stuff, man. Like the, the Avs team, like we're back to remember the doom and gloom we had earlier this week, and now it's back to yeah, this team's fucking good. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're so unbelievably ahead of the rest of the league. It's just can we start the playoffs, please? Yeah, like, this is like, just a waste. We, this is just a waste. This is just a waste of time because after the trade deadline, there's really nothing to look forward to. It, there really that. isn't, like, there really, really isn't, other than seeing how our new guys work on the team. This show is just going to devolve into uh, this is got a month and a half until the playoffs. We got a month, yeah. we two weeks until the play. Like it's, it's just going to be that. There's yeah, really going to be, be nothing to talk. It's just going to be looking yeah. at everybody else and be like, yeah. damn, must suck to be you. Yeah. It is kind of fun to talk about other teams because we are spoiled with the abs. But uh, I got nothing else, man. Let's wrap this up. Let's let yeah. people go on their merry way. Yeah, I'm all good for this one. So again, thank you so much to everyone for tuning in to another edition of the Tell It As It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. You can follow the show at Tell It As It Is for all live updates, updates on the show, giveaways, things of that nature. So again, thank you so much to everybody for tuning in. Hopefully the next time you hear from us. One more thing, join our March Madness pool. We're oh, yeah, join our March Madness tonight. pool. We got a couple people joining that one as well. I, w- I was planning to see if we had time, I was going to talk about our March Madness picks, but I think we're a little out of time for that. Yeah, we're a little out of time, but join our pool. It'd be a good time. And plus, not, we don't know what we're doing. So it'd yeah. be kind of, I'd rather not, I'd rather not put that out there. So <laughs> if I don't have to. Yeah, we'll call it good there. But yeah, that, that's it. I wanted to get one more thing in before we wrap now. Yeah, so we're all good for that one. Thank you so much to everyone for tuning in, and we will catch you all next time when hopefully we have a Claude Giroux or someone else to talk about. We'll see. Joe Sackick never fails to surprise us. So thank you so much to everyone for tuning in. We will catch you all next time. Enjoy the rest of your week.